1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: You're listening to the Writer
2: Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Thank you for listening and being here. Mike Florio is the guy behind Pro Football Talk on Twitter at Pro Football Talk, for my money, the best writer and reporter in the NFL, and we are thrilled every time we get to have him on the show. Mike, good morning, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for
3: making time. You know, you really don't have to lie like that to get me to do the show. I'll do it anyway, as long as the checks keep clearing, Mike.
2: I got you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have talked a lot on this show about about Trey Lance. Ever since he got drafted, he uh, holds a special place in the heart of the executive producer who, who really thought it could, could be something. Obviously, didn't work out with, with the Niners. Let's start from, from 10,000 feet. When you look at Trey Lance's departure for, for Dallas, who, if anyone, do you blame for the fact that it, it did not work out in the Bay?
3: Well, it's hard to blame the player because, number one, the player didn't choose to go there. It's one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of the draft. That first step in a player's career— has such a major impact on what he becomes or doesn't become in the NFL. From time to time, I will ponder back to 1999. If the Eagles had ended up with Achilles Smith and the Bengals had gotten Donovan McNabb, would Smith have become a French Hall of Famer and McNabb have flamed out of the NFL quickly? Maybe so. Look at what happened to McNabb once he no longer had Andy Reid. So where you go has a lot to do with what you become, and Lance never really got a fair opportunity. They drafted him under circumstances that increased the expectations dramatically by moving up from 12 to number three and ultimately investing three first round picks and a third round pick. He didn't get much of a chance to play as a rookie because they decided Jimmy Garoppolo should be the starter. And last year he broke his ankle in week two. That happens, especially if you're going to run your quarterback like they did. And now they find Brock Purdy and they decide he's the guy and they're ready to move on from Lance. So I blame the 49ers for freaking out about the quarterback position, and they bungled it. It's amazing they've been such a great team, and I think that saved Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They have such a great team, but they have bungled the quarterback position. They didn't scout Patrick Mahomes back in 2017. Shanahan thought he was getting Kirk Cousins the next year in free agency. Then they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, which closes the door on Cousins. Then Tom Brady wants to play for them in 2020, and they say no thank you. Then they do this ridiculous move in 2021 out of desperation to trade up to get Lance. And then they pull the plug after two years. You know, some will think that the 49ers get vindicated if Lance goes elsewhere and does well. I think that makes it even worse. That makes it even more glaring that they gave up on him too soon. He's only two years into the NFL. So I put... 99.999% 99.999% of the blame on this one on the 49ers. Mike, obviously he gets to back up Trey Lance, Dak Prescott, Prescott under
2: contract for a couple more years, uh, varying opinions on Mike McCarthy and where he's at in the game today in terms of his offensive acumen. For for you, and I know very few quarterbacks, there are some, but it's not typical for quarterbacks who have the expectations Trey Lance had coming into the game for the reasons you, you outlined. When they change teams, not a huge history of, of massive success. Do you like this as a landing spot if you're Trey Lance or, or the folks in his camp to maximize his opportunities long term to be successful?
3: We haven't heard from Lance yet directly. Kyle Shanahan said last week after the trade that Lance wanted to go somewhere where he had a chance to be the number 2 quarterback. Well, is he going to be number 2 in Dallas in front of Cooper Rush who has played dramatically more football than Trey Lance with 4 and 1 last year as a starter, 1 and 0 the year before has more than twice the number of pass attempts in the regular season than Lance. And he's been there all off season, been there for the preseason. Lance is walking through the door two weeks before week one, and he's going to be number two. I think this Cowboy-Lance marriage is primarily about having protection in place because Dak Prescott has them over a barrel contractual. He's got a cap number of $59 million plus next year in 2024. They need him to do a reasonable extension. He's in a position to basically say this is what you're going to pay me or you're stuck with the $59 million cap charge next year. I just won't agree to an extension at all, and you're going to have to account for $59 million for me next year. He's got all the leverage. They're going to need to pay Micah Parsons. Trey Lance is the or else. Trey Lance is the – I was saying this today on PFC Live. He's that red button on a carnival ride where somebody else stops the ride Trey Lance is the red button if the Cowboys decide they need to stop the Dak Prescott ride because the bottom line is he's a fringe top ten guy right now, but he's in position to say I want fifty five million a year, and they're in a damn thing they can do about it because he's got the hammer of a fifty nine million dollar cap charge next year. This is that Plan B, and the fact that Jerry Jones, the owner of the team, said Saturday night that Dak contract didn't even cross his mind that's baloney he's incompetent if it didn't at least cross his mind of course it crossed his mind it's at the front of his mind that's why they made that move I firmly believe it
2: Mike Florio here on the show Mike you and I at least have never had the conversation about your view on the draft I I know the world doesn't work this way and and you don't have a magic wand and I don't think Roger Goodell is calling you tomorrow or after the show to say all right you're making the decisions but if you did have one of those What would be your solution to an NFL draft that obviously drives a bunch of revenue and a bunch of eyeballs, but you're right, does not give players a lot of control over the most important part of their careers, which is where they start them?
3: Well, it gives you no control over it. You know, look at Jordan Love. That guy got stuck on the bench for three years. He's the only guy I felt bad for the past couple of years in Green Bay because everybody else involved in that dysfunctional, toxic stew between Aaron Rodgers and the front office chose to be there. Jordan Love got drafted into it, but the problem is they've built it up into this thing where they've got everyone brainwashed to think it's an honor and a privilege to be drafted by an NFL team. It's an honor and a privilege for the team to have access to supreme talent that allows the team to be highly competitive. We've got it all turned on its head. It's never going away. Now, I think what you would do is allocate dollars, cap dollars, based upon the best teams get the least, the worst teams get the most, and then it's just a free for all as to how you're going to spend it, who you're going to go sign. You know, people think that. A team like the Cowboys would have all the great players. I mean, this isn't like Oklahoma and Nebraska of the 70s where they could go six deep at every key position. You've got 32 teams. Guys want to play. You're not going to go be a quarterback with the Chiefs because you know you're stuck behind Patrick Mahomes. So I think it would all work out. The problem is it takes away that giant offseason tent pole that the NFL has so much money invested in and thousands of people show up for the ultimate reality show about nothing that they could do by group text message if they wanted to. And they have this big pomp and circumstance. Now it's never going away, but it's bad for the players and the players never stop. they're, They're what can they do? What can they do? You know, I, I, yeah, I'd like to pick where I'm going to play. I grew up in Pittsburgh. I'd like to play for the Steelers. As a Steelers fan my whole life. They got to need the position. Position I played, but oh, wait, I got drafted by Seattle. I got to leave my family. I got to leave my home. I got to go across the country because that's what the NFL told me to do. So, yeah, I, as as I've covered the NFL more and more, I've realized, number one, the draft is bad for players, and number two, it's never going away.
2: It is that's such a – you're right. It's one of those many good ideas that will probably never happen. I love it. Mike Florio – here on the show, I'm Bill Ryder. This is CBS Sports Radio. Mike, most of the um, running backs who are in the final years of their deal or being franchised or just generally in a position to be to be frustrated about their market value, have found some solution. Josh Jacobs is, is the latest. Now we're waiting on, on Jonathan Taylor. What do you expect the likelihood is that he's playing football somewhere other than Indianapolis this season?
3: Well, look, what Josh Jacobs did over the weekend is historic. There hasn't been a franchise tag player on a 1-year deal past the deadline for doing a multi-year contract it got a higher base value than what the franchise tag would dictate it's it's basically an acknowledgment by the raiders franchise tag was too low we're going to pump it up by 1.7 million to 11.8 million. what that also does if they tag him next year it pushes his 2-year compensation to nearly 26 million i think this both helps and complicates the jonathan taylor conversation because now you look at this market that was depressed at the running back position. It gets resuscitated by Jacobs. Taylor's in a position where he can say, I want at least 26 million over the first two years on a long-term contract. And if that's enough to get, if that's so high that it gets the Dolphins to say, no thanks, not going to do it. And Taylor's agent says, well, I can't take anything less than 13 million a year. I, my guy's better than Josh Jacobs. It could cause the whole thing to implode. But then the problem is you go back to Indy at 4.3 million this year and the Colts have shown no inclination to try to extend that contract, it, it may be that the Jacobs deal in a roundabout way makes it impossible to trade him, and then he's in a very difficult position in Indy where they don't seem to be inclined to offer him a big contract, and he doesn't seem to be inclined to be willing to play for $4.3 million. Mike Florio on the show. Mike, another young quarterback gets the, the
2: nod to start C.J. Stroud. Not, not a surprise. We knew this was probably going to happen, but it, it's official In general terms, and I know it's situation to situation, but do you like the notion of young quarterbacks who are drafted high in that draft we just discussed for
3: what are probably going to be bad teams starting their first year? Yeah, I mean, unless you get a situation where a team trades up with a competent quarterback and makes it clear to everyone from the get-go this guy is going to sit and learn and then we're going to play him like the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes and like the 49ers clumsily tried to do with Trey Lance before giving up on him after two years, I think if you're a bad team and you're drafting high and you need a quarterback, you take him and you play him. And if you're not ready to play him, then you did a bad job of scouting him. You need to pick the guy that you think is going to come in and play for you and play well. And you know, just like all that pressure that was put on Trey Lance when the 49ers moved from 12 to 3 two years ago, extra pressure on Bryce Young. Panthers go from 9 to 1, give up a lot to get him. And now he's got C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson that he'll be compared to. And if he ends up not being the best of the three, the Panthers made a mistake. And I think back to 2018, Baker Mayfield first pick, Sam Darnold third pick, Josh Allen seventh pick. Who's the best of the three? There's a chance Richardson's going to be the best of the three, and the Panthers are going to look bad, and the Texans are going to look bad for not taking Anthony Richardson. I mean, hell, the Texans took two guys back-to-back, two and three, before Richardson went, and they're going to have to deal with Richardson twice a year for as long as he's in Indianapolis. Mike, last one for you. Quarterbacks are getting paid. You talked about
2: the leverage deck Prescott has. Now, the big name out there, and many would say the second-best quarterback in the NFL, is is Joe Burrow. Just a matter of time, you think, until he is massively, massively
3: paid. Any reason you think that the deal hasn't gotten done yet? Well, I think the Bengals have fully expected and accepted the fact that they're going to have to pay this guy. The question is, what does he want? And he's been circumspect in his comments to the media, but he's made it clear that he knows what he wants. I've been advocating that a quarterback like Burrow, in order to do a long-term deal that protects him, he should expect to get a guaranteed percentage of the salary cap. That's a fair way to keep from having the deal become obsolete. And, you know, if you get 15 cents of every dollar, that leaves 85 cents for the team to put quality players on the field. I don't know how much this injury has affected things, but the Bengals have been committed to this guy. And I can't imagine that they're going to screw this up. But one of these days, one of these days, there's going to be a great quarterback who enters the NFL under, a, you know, that five-year contract with a fifth-year option. And he's just going to tell the world. And this is where the NBA starts to infiltrate the NFL, really starts to infiltrate the NFL. He just tells the world from the get-go. I'm putting in my seven years, and then I'm going wherever I want to go. And the one position that can do that is quarterback, because these guys can play 15 years, not like a running back where after seven years you're pretty much done. Quarterback says, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, it sounds unthinkable right now, but that's kind of what the NBA has become. And I think quarterbacks can pull that off. And and I think if Burrow wasn't from Ohio, maybe he would do that. Frankly, if Burrow wasn't from Ohio, I think he wouldn't have played for the Bengals at all. But one of these quarterbacks, one of these days is going to be the guy who says, I'm putting in my seven years and then I'm out. Don't even bother to negotiate with me. I'm leaving as soon as I get my seventh year in.
2: As a guy who talks about sports for a living, I cannot wait for that moment to come, Mike, because it will give me fodder every day for two or three years. Uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, as always, man. Great stuff. Love having you on. Thank you again for, for making time.
3: Thanks, Todd. Great talking to you. Hi, buddy.
2: Mike Florio on the show on Twitter at Pro Football Talk. That dude's great. That dude is – I mean, people would freak out. I'm sure most listeners hate it. I love his idea of just – basically having assigned amounts of money based on performance. So if you have the first pick in the draft, you've got the most money to spend in the free agency class and if you've got if you're the Chiefs, you have the least amount of money and then you go out there and you negotiate. I love everything about it,
4: Tom. That was the first thing I thought of as well. Everyone who is listening to Mr. Florio right now is incensed. They hate, hate it. they hate everything about what he just said. But I think he's right.
2: It would also create a situation, eventually, where the coach you have and how much guys like playing for that coach, because then you're recruiting. Then it's, it becomes college would become more like is becoming more like the NFL, and then the NFL would have to be a lot more like college at the starting point, where you have to recruit these guys at the beginning. And how to every time you franchise a guy against his will, that's going to be in the minds of a, of a player running back or, or, or quarterback if they decide whether it is never going to happen but i love the idea what will happen is buy or sell it is headlines from sports we got some soccer, we got some baseball we got some nfl a take on each one with our guy pretty daddy next here on cbs sports radio
1: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what
2: welcome back to writer than you nothing'll strip you of judgment like like being parched and, and a stranger giving you a beer so people are nice man that was a that story came out of nowhere
0: on CBS sports radio
2: all right welcome back into the show Bill Rogerder with you can I read you something Tom that's a good point about Oregon State and my casual flippancy toward that program but also showcases the brutal cannibalistic self-absorbed money over everything tradition and other kinds of success reality of, of the NCAA and college football. Yeah, let's hear sports. it. Right. Yeah. This is from Ryan, Ryan Labaka. It's a good point. Tweets at us. Says, Oregon State gets no love. Preseason 16. Came back from down 30 to beat Oregon last year and destroyed Florida in the bowl game. Three baseball natties. West Coast powerhouse in wrestling. Gymnastics and women's basketball consistently ranked. The thing is, it, and by the way, a tradition of, of, of some really great players on the NBA side that have come out of there over the years. A few, but, like, really good ones. Okay. True. And as a guy from Iowa, I, I, like, respect and understand what Iowa State's about. The way that if I were from Oregon, and I if I talk about how much I love Portland, I would get Oregon State. My point is not to disrespect Oregon State in the sense that it sucks. My point is nobody wants them. Because all that matters is money and major markets. If you are a non-SEC powerhouse in a smaller state or a state that doesn't have a huge draw like L.A., New York, Chicago, Austin. I mean, Austin obviously is SEC now, but going to be. You're left behind, and that's the point. Like, Ryan, you're not wrong, and I apologize to be flippant toward that program, but it's not me who's flippant. It's the entire structure of college sports, and it sucks, man. By the way, like, nobody, I guess, nationally cares, but I do as a Missouri guy that lost Kansas – what happens to Oregon Oregon State as a, as a game, as a showcase, as a thing? Now, I don't know if in Oregon, some states require programs that are funded within the state to play each other regardless of conference. But it's just, it's just more of the, of the crappy reality of this restructuring. But it is what it is. All right. Are you ready for a magnificent, sports-laden, pretty daddy-fueled buy or sell? I am.
0: What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer
1: Than You.
4: All right, Bill. Yesterday, C.J. Stroud attempted just four passes in Houston's final preseason game against the Saints. But postgame, new head coach D'Amico Ryans confirmed that C.J. would indeed be the Texans starter for Week 1 against the Ravens. That's a clean sweep for first-round rookie quarterbacks. Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, and now C.J. Stroud will all start week one for their respective teams. Bill, my question to you, buy or sell, it makes sense for all three of these rookie quarterbacks to be starters. Wow. That's a really good question. Thank you. I get lucky every once in a while.
2: Here's the thing. I, in a vacuum... My knee jerk response is yes. You go to Houston, you go to Indy, you go to the Panthers, and it's like, okay, it makes sense. But let me ask you a question first. Let me ask you a buy or sell. Buy or sell, you think all three of them are going to succeed in the NFL? Sell. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sell that all of them, it makes sense for all of them to start. Sell. I just don't know yet which of them it doesn't make sense for. If you set all three of these guys for two years, I think the odds that at least two of them would have real success would go up tenfold. Some are made for it and some aren't, but what we've seen is the ones that aren't made for starting right away. And remember, starting largely on bad teams. That's why they got drafted where they did. Most guys, once they fail, they get thrown out too soon. See, Trey Lance don't recover. And it's interesting how many people have come on the show. Florio brought it up briefly, and I think somebody last week. Who, who was it?
4: Was it Steve Berline last week?
2: Yeah, Berline, who's been, who by the way, has been really good over the years on the show at Saying things that come to fruition with, with quarterbacks and young quarterbacks really likes Anthony Richardson, which is interesting because he seems like the least prepared, right? Or the least, the one that would need the most time. There's no way all three of these guys are going to succeed. Who's the one? I'm going to pick CJ Stroud to fail, but maybe I should be picking Bryce Young it's always the number one pick that it often is the number one pick that just doesn't work
5: out.
4: All right, Bill, we'll get to it early today and buy ourselves, soccer! Soccer! Really? In his first official MLS match, Lionel Messi came in as a sub in the 60th minute against the Red Bulls this weekend. And he scored in the 89th minute to cap off a 2-0 win for Miami. Messi now has 11 goals in 9 total matches for Inter-Miami. I don't know how many times I could try to ask you this question in a different way. or (laughs) ourselves, that Messi... Is bigger than the sport of soccer. Internationally? Yes. Sell. In every sense of the word. Sell. He's just Sell. fine. Sell.
2: So. Uh, I had it on. I was not happy when it turned out he wasn't starting. That's it the first
4: sh- thing I thought of. I thought of you as soon as I read that he wasn't starting.
2: Also sent a shiver of fear down my spine because friends of ours are taking Henry on Sunday. And I may be invited. They—they're they, very nice people, and they casually—they're great people. And They casually said, "Hey, you're—I think I they'll give a ticket for you." But I don't want to bring it back up. I don't want to be like, "Where's my ticket?"
4: Listen, listen.
2: I'll bring it up eventually.
4: I get on you sometimes about being too aggressive towards people. This is the time you gotta <laughs> be old.
2: This is your um, guy.
4: This is your dude. He's coming just, to play around you. You gotta bring it up more than once.
2: I'm excited Henry's going, but—and for the same reason. I'm sure he will. If Messi doesn't start against LAFC, my kid is going to – everyone's going to – and by the way, that game was in New York, right? So it was like a bunch of New Yorkers went through it.
4: Yep. Absolutely. It was packed. It was
2: sold out. So, so I didn't watch it. I stopped watching it. They look good, though. They just – he's infused them with this level of self-belief and swagger that wasn't there before. So I was driving around running errands because all I do now, Tom, is, is, is drive errands for my family. That I'm, I spend five hours a day in the car. <laughs> this is your future. And I looked down. I, I actually Googled it. I was I was somewhere waiting on something, probably a loaf of bread, because that's my life. And uh, I saw it was 2-0. in Miami. They scored another goal, and I saw down little Messi scored, and it was the least shocking thing I'd ever seen. I don't even know when they brought him in. Probably the 60th minute. I don't know. And if, did he score. Of course, he, of course he did.
4: He's amazing. All right, now speaking of being amazing, let's get to some baseball here. Bill, last weekend we found out that Shohei Ohtani has a torn UCL for the second time, and he will not pitch for the rest of this season. However, Ohtani did DH in all three games this weekend in which the Angels played against the Mets. This weekend we also learned that the Angels offered to do an MRI on Ohtani's arm after cramping forced him to leave a start on August 3rd, but Otani and his agent declined because they felt it was not necessary. This is all according to Angels GM Perry Managian. Otani went on to pitch on August 9th and then again his last start on August 23rd last week. I say all that to say this, Bill. Buy or sell Otani declining an MRI earlier this month makes you feel differently about his injury.
2: Sell, but sell. I think it's a huge mistake by the Angels GM. Because what I think is going on, you don't disclose that. You don't put that on Otani. You don't create a narrative where people can say, Otani's the one who' screwed up. That the GM is covering his own you-know-what, which means he either is an idiot in this case and doesn't understand that it's going to alienate Otani, or more likely, they're aware that they're terrible moves at the deadline that have not worked. I mean, Otani's gone, and they're trying to save their skin, save their behind, Tom, their butts, Tom. By the way, you didn't dump damn when Florio said it. No
4: way, man. I'm so relaxed but and you laid jumped, back. You my eyebrows Taylor Swift. didn't raise. I didn't jump in my seat. I didn't do any of that.
2: I, I mouthed the words to you, don't dump him, which is <laughs> Tom cutting him off. Uh, I, I don't love it from Terry Menejian. I, I don't. I think it's, a, it's unnecessary to share that information and put it on Tani unless you are sure he's leaving and you're worried you're going to pay the price.
4: Amateur hour. All right, Bill, let's stay out west here. The Dodgers are now 31 games over 500 and they hold a 12-game lead over the Diamondbacks in the NL West after they took two out of three this weekend over the Boston Red Sox. The Dodgers are now just four games behind the Atlanta Braves for the best record in all of baseball. Bill, buy or sell you give the Dodgers as good of a chance of winning the National League as you do the Braves? I'm going to buy just
2: because buy. the Dodgers. <laughs> And no matter who gets hurt, no matter what pitcher goes down, they find ways to win. Yeah, probably shouldn't because they're an analytics-driven team, and they're they don't score as many runs in the postseason because clutch hitting becomes an actual thing. It's not about run creation; it's about individuals driving runs in. It's a different. It's not. It's not math like the regular season. It's human psychology. But I'm all in. Let's go, Dodgers! Come on. All right, Bill. Wait, oh, I have a question for you. Oh, I'm ready. Sorry. I already asked you this about uh, New York. I also love L.A. The Dodgers cap is an L and an A. Buy or sell I can wear a Dodgers cap without being considered a Dodgers fan. Buy. can just be an L.A.
4: fan. Yep. The Dodgers are that much of a brand where you don't necessarily need to be uh, a Dodgers baseball fan.
2: I, I got to be honest. You can buy or sell if this is right or wrong. I am, am super judgmental. So I'll see somebody. Like, oh, man, you're a Cubs fan. Or you're a guy. Okay, I saw a guy the other day. Like, you're a Barcelona fan or whatever. Like, oh, no, I just like the hat. I just like the shirt. And I think that is
4: dumb. Well, how about this? We went to Chicago, as you know, last week. I took my little dude to the park just on Saturday in New Jersey. We bought him a Cubs hat when we yeah, were at Wrigley. That's fine. He's two. Yeah, but, like, I'm setting him up. Like, if we go anywhere else, we go to another ballpark, we go to Camden, I'm going to buy him an Orioles hat. Yeah, I think that's different. He's two.
2: He all, you know, like, uh, he's two. He's also allowed to throw a fit and, like, stomp his feet and cry on the ground.
4: He's doing a lot more of that recently. Yeah, he's too. Yeah. It's becoming a lot more difficult to handle for me. So
2: he, his approach to, like, when he gets frustrated is yours when I tell you you have to do something. I'm yeah, sure. definitely. Straight definitely. fit.
4: <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far well, from the tree. What would it look tree. like
2: if you actually threw a fit? Well, what would a Tommy fit, a pretty daddy fit look like?
4: I mean, my facial expressions would probably stay the same as they normally, you know, on a regular day basis. You know, just a little more would flailing like, of my arms. Would you pound, like, the
2: table? Oh, Would you, would you yeah. throw I've papers been, in the air? No,
4: I've been known to pound the table.
2: You'll pound that your, you're a table yeah. pounder.
4: Yeah, to the point where my wife has to tell me to stop. <laughs> I get very, I like it. very, very animated. You do? Yeah. I'm, that's shocking. Uh, I'm a me. very emotional person, Bill. You are? Yeah. You just keep it bottled up at work? And the best I can, which some people would say is not, I don't do a good job uh, of I, it.
2: I mean, other than, I mean, your face gives everything away, but I've never seen you be <laughs> animated otherwise. You like you flail your arms?
4: Yeah, pound the table, throw papers, pen. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I was doing a radio show in L.A. once, and I got mad. Jerry Harrison Jr. was in the office, was, and I got mad at the producer actually, and I threw a pen so hard against the window, it exploded. And I may have raised my <laughs> voice, and I, and the producer like whatever left, did not like this guy, and um, clearly, and I turned to Jerry, I'm like I'm so sorry, and he goes, bro. I was impressed. That guy sucks. You had to set down the rules, so I can understand losing your temper. I've never lost my temper with you though. No,
4: no, and I hope oh, uh, like,
2: I hope we because uh, you're great. Yeah, let's keep it that way. Stu can't say the same thing. Oh no,
4: I don't want to know.
2: Wasn't his fault though.
4: What do you mean you don't
2: want to? You heard it on the air.
4: Oh, Okay, yep, yep. I know <laughs> all about that. <laughs> you one. don't want to talk about it, do you? Yep, nope, I'm getting so up. uncomfortable. Yep, change sh- the subject. My face is turning red as we speak. Why are you throwing things? (laughs) (laughs) Bill, let's get back to baseball here. The the inevitable has happened in Oakland. The A's were the first team eliminated from playoff contention. They're an MLB worst, 38-93 and on the year, and they've been outscored by 302 runs this season. The next worst are the Rockies and the Royals tied at a 181 run differential. Ouch. Buy or sell the A's are doing what's worse than tanking. Why is it worse than tanking? Cuz this is like a whole new level. Yeah, they got the worst record in all of baseball. They've been outscored by 302 runs. Nobody's even close to
5: I mean, that.
2: I'm going to sell. Here's why. Sell. It does this season doesn't matter. No one in Oakland wants to go to these games anyway because they're moving, right? This is like a divorce. This is like a couple in divorce forced to sleep in the same the same house. You're not going to buy her roses. Let me ask you this. Buy or
4: sell, you still trust Billy Bean? I guess sell. Sell. Really? I mean, everything going on with that organization just feels dirty this year.
2: I mean, the A's actually filed their relocation application last week, right? I think that's... So, like, everybody knows they're going to Vegas, or they're probably going... I mean, they're going to Vegas. It's happening. And so, like, this is the year to do it. Like, People aren't going to show up anyway. You got to stock the cupboard as much. I actually, I hate it, and it's unfair to Oakland, but I think it's actually really smart. Again, and I hope I never wish this on you, but if one of your buddies ever gets divorced from his wife, but they got to sleep in the same house for five months, I think it's okay if he doesn't take out the garbage when she tells him to. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) She's like, place is a mess. Yeah, so is my life thanks to you. I don't care. Oh,
4: no, no. That sounds awful.
2: (laughs) Sounds terrible. All right. By the way, I got, I, got, I got one for you. I was, I was hanging out with someone the other day. She's divorced. And she's like, oh, yeah, we went to Hawaii with the kids. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And my ex husband. She and her ex husband vacation together every year. you
4: know what? If people can get along, that's great. If they can get along
2: for the kids, I support that absolutely. Give it a buy. Push that buy button for that. Buy. I hope never to get divorced, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> Are you friends with your
4: ex-girlfriends? No, no. Yeah, me either. They were barely friends with me when they were my girlfriend.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I had a different kind of reality. Nobody wanted to date me, but everybody wanted to marry me. Say what that what you will about American culture. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I got one ex-girlfriend <laughs> I still talk to because she was in London. I was, I just moved. We didn't break out. I was just like I have to go back to America now. She's very nice. All the other girls hate me. Also, when I was dating them. I wasn't doing this, so I do sometimes wonder if some poor girls like just driving around with their boyfriend or husband, and just like, this voice is familiar. I wasn't good at breaking up with
4: people. And all the memories come flooding back when they hear that voice.
2: <laughs> then they hug their husband and say, thank you
4: for being you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Bill, let's get to That this. got personal, didn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Do you want to
2: talk about the confrontational thing I was trying to hint at? Um, On the air? Not no? really, not all particularly. Right. All,
4: right. all right, Bill, let's get to this. I some... blame you for it. <laughs> it's, it's always my fault. The U.S. Open got underway this morning, and Novak Djokovic has the best odds to win the men's singles at plus 120 with Carlos Alcaraz right behind him at plus 150. Bill, buy saw that Novak Djokovic should be the favorite Bye. to win the U.S. Open? Yeah, for sure.
2: Buy. Alcaraz, I think, is a better player now, but he cramps up. Uh, buy or sell, you want to hear my long shot bet I put some money on? Buy. Alcaraz to win the men's side. Coco Golf to win the women's side. 25 to 1. Wow. Yeah. What? I put down like a little bit of money. A buddy of mine put down like a grand.
4: Wow. That's what I said. That's too much money for me. I can't be doing that. I've been 500. It was a lot. And that's still too much money. For me. Yeah. Can't be doing Oh, that. what would you put down? I would have a hard time going over like, uh, maybe I could do 50 bucks. I threw a honey on there.
2: But my, my, my brother and I gamble together, so I guess... T- we have like a consort, consortorium? No, that's not the word. Consortium? Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. We, so I guess it's technically 50 each.
4: That's probably my limit. All right, Bill, well, let's, let's finish up with some hoops here. Hoopier than thou, even though it's not the NBA. Team USA made it back-to-back wins in group play, beating Greece earlier this morning, 109-81. to Greece, of course, playing without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Team USA will take on Jordan on Wednesday in their next game. Bill, buy or sell you care about FIBA basketball uh, World yes. some, of my Cup.
2: Bo- some of my bosses listen to this off oh, sell I 'm not going to lie to the audience even though I cover the NBA i don 't care at all
4: uh, I thought you were going to say that but
2: sell. I all right so all right you said Jordan buy or sell the team from Jordan is it would be a bigger challenge than Michael Jordan is primed by himself so See now I feel bad. Now I feel <laughs> Why are bad. you insulting a whole country? I, I mean, you wanted me to answer that way. I think that's unfair. Jordan's just one person. I believe in teams. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Um Tom I did not know this about Tom, but his favorite thing is the morning after. The podcast by Matt Stafford's wife. And he thinks that she brought some
0: real wisdom.
2: What's going on with the Rams? And we're going to let Tommy explain why after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogan.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. you are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening
2: to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. We, we've all got guilty pleasures. I once read the entire Charlene Harris Vampire series because I was bored. For Adam Klug, it was spending 41 hours a day on his phone talking fantasy sports with his friends. For Stuart Kovacs, before he met his girlfriend, it was other women. And for Tom... That's true. And for Tom, it's the morning after podcast. It's a comfort. This insight. He finds Kelly Stafford, Matthew Stafford's wife. Hilarious. It's a go-to. And this insight into her husband's new role, his interactions with his teammates, with the Rams... Really caught Tom's
5: eye. So Matthew's been in the league a long time, right? We've been talking about this. He's like the difference in the locker room has changed so significantly. And they have a lot of rookies on their team this year. They're very young. So this will be a very interesting season. You know, they're young, they're learning. But he's like, I feel like I can't connect because in the old days, you would come out of come out of practice, you'd shower. This during training camp, shower, people would be playing cards, people would be interacting who knows what they're doing, you know, but they're, they're doing something together. They're playing ping pong. They have a a tournament going on doing something, you know, like they're at least talking. He said, now they get done with practice or get done with meetings during training camp and they go straight to their phones. Like no one looks up from their phone. So Matthew was like, I don't even know how to like, do I, am I the dad? Do I take the phones? Like, what do I do here? I mean there, and he's like, I want them to see me as like, not as like a I don't. He's like as the a coach, you know. He feels like they say like sir to him. And he's like, no, no, no. We're on the same level here. We're both playing in this league. Like, let me get to know you.
2: Let let me give you a little insight to this. That's Kelly Stafford, Matt Stafford's wife, on the Morning After podcast. When Tom sent this to me, I didn't know about it. When Tom shared a little bit of his world with me, my reaction was, she shouldn't be sharing this. This is garbage. Why is she do? And Tom was like, you can't
4: say that about Kelly Stafford. That's the morning after podcast. <laughs> you love this podcast. I think it's a great point. I did not say I love the podcast. I read about <laughs> it. I did not listen to this. Mm. I read the quote. I think she makes a good point. The Rams are going to be terrible <laughs> this year. They're going to go back to the like Matthew Stafford when he was with the Lions. A lot of young dudes. A head coach who we thought was going to retire. You know, uh, Aaron Donald who wants to retire. Signed big money. Like, uh, the Rams are going to stink.
2: You love the morning after podcast, and I love that about you. She made a great point. It actually there isn't. I God, now I'm gonna sound like the old guy. It it is an interesting point that you want your teammates to get to know. Wouldn't that be great if, if, if uh, hard knocks? There's just 15 minutes of it, and they're just all on their phones. It's just awkward (laughs) crickets.
4: I mean, how much of that footage did they cut out? There probably is.
2: Can you take phones away from your? I don't think you can if you're a head coach and just say
4: no phones
2: for the first hour after. Because you do want these guys to get to know it. You know what Matt Stafford should do? Get a damn phone and text these guys. <laughs> so, guys two feet away. Sup? So, hey. I
4: don't think nice he, catch today. Thanks. I don't think you can take their phones away. I think they'll hold it against you. I think there'll be a huge grudge there. I think you'll lose them. Can I, can I tell you something that's true that you are going to hear as an insult,
2: but it's not? I hear most things you say about me as an insult, so carry on. You and my wife have this in common. <laughs> okay. They're both capable of great conversation but you actually are much more um loquacious in your text messaging than your you have different person it's like why can't you bring this to the conversation
4: uh, yes, I am going to take that as an insult. I absolutely. <laughs> what are you saying? That I'm not you, interesting to talk to face to face or on the no, phone? No, you
2: like won't talk to me. I'm like, what do you? Like, you won't even look at me when I when I when I hold a bobblehead.
4: Because you're holding a bobblehead. I want to talk to you, not the bobblehead.
2: You send me these hilarious text messages and like your suit. We're edgy and fun. And then like when I'm like, hey, what's up? You're like, hey.
4: That's not fair or true. No way. <laughs> And does just Lori take it as an insult? Yes. She I should. Does. She should. You're both amazing. Let
2: it come out. Let your true colors, you know, what's that song? True colors shining through.
4: And, Lori, if you're listening, I want to double down, too. I apologize for the Bum of the Week nomination on Friday. I didn't mean it.
2: You nominated my wife for Bum of the Week, it bro. Was
4: a, it was a bad act of desperation.
2: Everyone was hanging
4: up on me. I
2: guess my statement didn't come out the way that I thought it was going to be. <laughs> my my point is, maybe these young dudes will communicate in a more interesting way on text, and, and maybe Stafford should, maybe the morning after podcast should should investigate how to communicate by. You could be a text message conversational list advisor. So the they could bring you in.
4: The locker room's just going to be silent. They're all just going to be texting each other. You're amazing at gifts. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. Have you memorized where all the gifts are on the internet? No, but I would like to. You know, have you say you're an amazing you're a sports radio producer. You are an amazing sports radio producer. Wow. Okay.
2: So, but like, you're a lot better on text messages. That's yeah, how good I need to you remember
4: are. That. So, any time, you know what? The next time you call me, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start texting you. I'm just gonna start texting. I'm, I'm better. Or the text. opposite. I'm the next time text. you want, you
2: can just call, man. We have a little conversation. I'm Matt Stafford in this case. Only you don't call me, sir. Apparently, I'm boring to talk to on the phone. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying. It's what I'm hearing.
4: It's what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's
2: kind of what I said. So uh, what else do you like about the morning after podcast with uh, Kelly Stafford?
4: I feel like we played one other thing maybe last year from the podcast. What else podcast? does she talk about? Does she talk about her day? I think she talks about everything. Parenthood, just... her husband, obviously. Yeah. Her life. I, I mean, I don't know what else she's into. I don't know if she, if she does anything on the side in terms of work.
2: I wish Matt Stafford would become my neighbor when he moved in, when he moved to L.A. Would then you, I could be on the morning. I after was going to say, would you be a part of this podcast? I would try. How do you make that pitch? That sounds like a weirdo. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm your neighbor. Come to your podcast.
4: You could say you've listened to the podcast.
2: I'm in media. I, I talk for a living. I do sports radio. If you ever want a guest on the podcast, yeah, I think my Kelly producer makes some Tom great DeCel- points. DeCel- my producer Tom DeCelestino, pretty daddy, is an amazing conversationalist. I love everything about that, and he's a huge fan of your podcast morning after
4: i think once you say pretty daddy he's gonna find it weird i say that for
2: later yeah yeah wait till she gets to the nickname podcast yeah yeah time and place. I have, I have zero sympathy for matt stafford not knowing how to interact with, just deal with it man
4: like this is a topic so hard they're on their phones okay you don't have that issue with with younger like with your daughter with your kids they're not always yeah. on, their, on their devices. Sometimes,
2: but I am their dad. Get off your phone. Give me your phone. I took my daughter's phone for four hours yesterday. Give me your phone.
4: I mean, some of these kids that are in the locker room with them are 20, 21 years old. I don't know how to relate to a 20-year-old. They're not 20 years old. They're like 21, 22. 22. You don't know how to relate to a 22 I wouldn't know old? how to talk to a 22-year-old. How do you talk to Pat Boyle? Isn't he like 25? Yeah, he makes fun of me to my face. That is not
2: unique to Pat. <laughs> And I have your back, because I'm your guy. I had it badly. All right, thanks for listening. Tom's great. You're great. We'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.